Hi everyone, it's Kelly Bennett. This is a new episode of With Brave Company podcast. We are getting creative. We are filming live on Instagram and then uploading to iTunes and Google Play and all the places that you listen to podcasts. So it's a live podcast um, recording, which is really fun. We have a really, really special guest today who I'm going to add on. Dakota is one of my favorite people just to listen to, to learn from, to hear their story. Um, we did a part one of this interview last year. I can't believe it was already a year. And it was incredibly impactful and brave. I literally have goosebumps just thinking about it. So if you haven't listened to part one of this conversation, for sure do that. But first, you could listen to this part now. Um, so I'm gonna add Dakota on live. And this is a part two of the conversation. It's going to talk about, hello! I was just saying, we did a part one last year around this time. Yeah. And now we're into part two. Isn't that weird? It was a year ago. It's so wild. It <laughs> feels like yesterday, but it also feels like 10 years ago, like, because so much has happened. <laughs> right. Literally story of my life. Story wow. of my life. And you know what? I haven't had coffee in a really long time. So I thought it was fitting to make a new cup of coffee and just really sit and listen, you know? Um, so without further ado, if you don't mind, if you could do a quick little intro of just who you are, and then we're just going to dive into it. Okay. Uh, I'm Dakota ChampVX on Instagram. I'm an artist, podcast host, uh, writer, a lot of things else. I'm not really good at intros. You know but what? <laughs> perfect. That's a perfect intro. And I know that's such an awkward question, and I always get tripped up on it, too. But it's good to give people a little context of the conversation. Um, but you know what? Let's, why the hell not? Let's just get into it. So from the last time we talked last year, you were living in Vegas with your partner, your baby. Um, we had met at Vegination because you were working there. And we only met a couple of times that I was like, ooh, this person is really interesting. And I'm just going to have them on my podcast. And I really didn't know any of your story. And it was like a live, oh shit, okay, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that was amazing. I had no idea. I just thought you were really into like vegan food, you know? So I love those moments where it's so raw and real. Right. And just kept in touch. And then I know that um, this year too has brought a lot of different changes and experiences. So. Just to give people a little bit of like where you were last year to where you are now. And I'm gonna pause you in between because you have so many nuggets of wisdom that I wanna dive deeper into. But um, yeah, if you don't mind like jumping into it. All right, so since last time we spoke, so that was in Vegas. After that, I started a roasting internship in Riverside. That's like where I'm from. So oh. I went to Riverside and then after that, my partner and I decided we had to like figure out because we were on there for three months. We had to figure out, okay, what are we going to do from here? So we bounced back and forth with ideas. First, we first our first idea was we we're just going to get an RV and we we're just going to renovate it and stay in there. And then we was like, hey, you know what? Let's go back to Ohio, take a nice little break. And that's what we did. We came to Ohio. Now we're in a home. And there's no roommates for once. This is our first time living together by ourselves in ever. I was about to say three years, but ever. This is our that's first time. Cool. Yeah, so this is our first time. Actually, this is our family. That's it. So that's Which accomplishment. Yeah. And just, again, a little pre-story um, pre of, like, part one of, like, you experiencing right? And... Yeah. Your first book you wrote when you were homeless at the time or experiencing homelessness at yeah, the time? Yeah, I was homeless. Is wild that you, in that experience, wrote a book and became a published author. Right. What a strange <laughs> time. You know? <laughs> and that you, you picked yourself out of that. Right. And now you're really now building your career as an artist. I know you're working on another book, too. So you came to Ohio... We're talking before this it was kind of like a little bit random 
system of Ohio. Like you're kind yeah. of. <laughs> this this place is it's a very strange place. It's a yeah. little corner that no one really knows exists. I didn't know exist until like Rhiannon, of course, who she's from here. Mm. So this is where we're at, and this is this very strange, awkward little town that you want to think is cute, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> It's so strange. Like, there's some days I like being here, and then there's a lot of days I'm just like, yeah, no. Yeah. And so now you you picked yourself out of that. You and your partner moved to this new place. You're in your own home for the first time, which is incredible. That's a huge accomplishment. I know that you have new art coming out. I know that you have a new coffee collective that you're starting. Um, yeah. A new book. So yeah. I would love to really dive into those because I think that is just a beautiful way that you are expressing yourself and just how you're connecting those dots. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, about a month ago, I want to say it's about a month ago, I came out as trans, you know, so that, that was huge. And when I did that, it really felt, it was like this entire, like, shift. Like, this entire shift where everything really changed for me. And so with that, my art changed, nearly everything about me like changed like when I publicly came out. Cause it was something me and my partner discussed in private and this is something that was known here, but to publicly like say this. And you did it in a public art show, right? Like that was your first, which I yeah. fucking love. <laughs> <laughs> when you told me that, I was like, oh my God, that is amazing. So you, the first, like, I have goosebumps, like, your first public, like, I'm trans, yeah. like, this is who I am, was in an art show. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that, of just how you had that bravery to be like, fuck it, it's out there, this is who I am, I'm gonna it was, it was something I wasn't sure I was going to do until I had to write the artist statement, you know, okay. so... Okay, so that wasn't the intention going in. No, the intention going oh. in was I was just going to hang up this new collection and I was going to just have it there. And then I had to write the artist statement. And I was typing it and I was just like, it was just second nature. It just came out and I went, well, first project. I was scared to do it but I wasn't too scared to the point where I wasn't not going to do it. You know what I mean? Yes. And can we break that down a little bit more? Because I think so many people are stuck in that fear of yeah. like, I don't know if I could do it. Like, it just feels like you're suffocating so much by not doing it. But the idea of doing it is also really suffocating. So how did you navigate that? Um, I really just kind of had to sit down and I just really think about it. And since most of our fears come from the fear of the unknown. Right. So it's just like, while I'm, before publicly, come, publicly coming out, everyone knew me as this person who did this, 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 this. But as I said, it felt suffocating for me because I was like, there's so much more to me that I need to like, I need to say. So when it comes down to that fear, you have to kind of, kind of weighed out and it's just like the worst that can happen is that the people who aren't supposed to be in your life aren't in your life anymore right and kind of had to come in terms with where it's just like yeah the fear of the unknown was scary publicly coming out it's scary it's very very scary especially when we see everything going on in the world you know like i well, think I as well yeah i think after a week after me coming out there was three black trans women in LA who were attacked. Yeah. You know, so it was, it's scary to come out and et cetera. However, there's, I think about younger me a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about like younger me, like watching Degrassi after high school. Like, <laughs> and it's just so scared to come out because mm -hmm. they were so scared of not being accepted and not being loved. And it's because I think of younger me a lot. I just, I find that what people consider bravery mm -hmm. and I push through because there's so many kids, kids are 
coming to terms with themselves so much younger. People are coming to terms with themselves so much younger. And it's like if I can put myself out there, especially I have kids, you know? So it's like if I can be true to myself, my kids are on go, oh, okay, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think with everything going on, there's a, it's easy to feel like it's not okay to be yourself and to let that fear kind of shut you in and it's been working for generations. People have been so afraid to be themselves because right. fear, society makes you be afraid. They're, they're like, oh, be afraid to be who you are. And they, in a way, you get so worried about people not accepting you that you forget that people could surprise you and that just because one person doesn't accept you doesn't mean no one else will. Right. So it's been very surprising how accepting everyone in my life has been which is beautiful here. It's, it's so amazing. Like, and it's, I sit there and I'm just like, wow, like, why did I wait so long? And I said, it's that fear. That fear made me so afraid to be myself. And now I'm learning, 29 years old now, learning that you can't let the fear keep you down. You gotta yeah. push through it. And that's how you overcome things. And we've talked about this too. Like I would consider that being brave. Mm-hmm. You know, we're also saying like, well, it's part of me surviving so I could be my own self. I yes. think that's a really interesting point. Of, I, I think the there is some irony when we talk about being in brave company and being with brave people. It's like a lot of it, of the root of the bravery is just being surviving to yeah. live who you are. You yeah. know, kind of like, like tongue in cheek almost say of like, yeah, you're brave, but I fucking need to live. So I'm going to fucking put on my brave pants today because <laughs> I have to. Exactly. I'm a survivalist. You are. A, you are. Survivalist. You yes. are. That's how I get through anything that I get through. Survival. Yeah. No, I always say that. Google <laughs> brave human. Dakota's face will pop up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a badass human who's super, super brave, but also a survivalist. Yeah, I love how you just said that. And I feel like now it's been interesting to just watch your and now it's like, because I maybe that you feel more grounded, you're in your home, you are just a partner in your family. It's like you're, you're able to now like get to that next step of like, you're able to survive. Yeah. Now you're really able to really come to who you are. Yeah, you're even creating more more grounded, um, secure space, if you will. Yeah. Is that, does that resonate? That's that's a good description because yeah, when I was focusing on surviving, I wasn't really focusing on my humanity. I was trying to hold on to my humanity and not forget it, but I wasn't able to focus on it and like, just hold on to it. This has kind of been like a cat and mouse, always chasing, always chasing. Right. Case that kept me surviving, kept me surviving. I was like, I gotta keep going, gotta keep going, gotta keep going. And then now I hit this stage where, yeah, it's like I'm no longer living in the car. My right. kids are fine. I start to, I start to remember that wow, I'm a person with mm-hmm. interests and things like there's just so much to me as a human. And now I get to really hone in on that and focus on that to where now is no longer, now it's less of being a survivalist and more of being a human now. That is wild. That's beautiful. It's wild and beautiful. (laughs) Wild and beautiful. Wild and beautiful. So now that you're able to really come into your own human expression and be who you are. So that was a big, when did you launch the art show when you came out as a trans person? I want to say, was it a few weeks ago? I want to say it's a few weeks ago. Maybe, maybe two, maybe two weeks ago, I hung up the art show. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like, I literally, I came out and then like a couple weeks later, I hung up. So it was about two weeks ago. I hung up to work. It could have been a week ago. Time doesn't really exist these days. (laughs) <laughs> so it could be one or two weeks ago, hung it up, hung up my art statement. And then it's just been 
It's just been go, go, go. But how was it like just walking into that space with your art? Like this is the first moment that you're gonna be seen and known as a trans artist. Yeah. And were you nervous? Were you excited? Were you feeling I, I was more I think I was more sad about the subject okay. than I was focused on myself at first. So I walked in and I looked at the photos around and I went, wow, like how tragic is it that we have to even create this type of work? You know, like how sad is it that I even have to create and display these type of things? So I was okay. sad. At and then I started being glad that it was being talked about. Mm. It's no longer something hidden or, you know, people should bypass it. These are big, giant prints. You can't ignore it. It's in your face now. And then mm. I became happy to know that I was making some people comfortable and some people uncomfortable. Mm. With that, because it was just like, now you guys see what I see. So then... And then, and like, I think a few days ago, I went to see it again. And I was just like, wow. I felt proud. I was just like, wow, like, I did that. Like, it's here. Wow. So a few things I want to ask you about is, one, the, the nature of the art, if you could give more description. I, I think, is it the photos that you've been taking, that series? Okay. Yep. If you dive into that, too, of just what the series is, why you made it. Oh. Um, that's really powerful. So the photo series is called Freedom. And a lot of people when I was created, they didn't know this, but it's actually inspired by one of my friends who used to be in the military. He served wow. the country, this and that. But he's black, so he came back to the country, realized the country didn't like him, and he ended up mocking himself. Wow. Yeah. So I so with each photo I wanted to capture it's I wanted to kind of mix intimacy with patriotism, but mm -hmm. also have a overlaying of pain because clearly this is someone who was in pain. He came, he fought for this country because he loved the country, but the country refused to love him back. So mm -hmm. that's what pain is. So I had to channel all this in this photo series. And the shop that hung that hung how the work hung up at, they didn't know what the they didn't know what I was gonna bring in. Oh really? Yeah, they had no idea what I was gonna bring in. They probably thought I was gonna bring in photos of like architecture or photos of Rihanna in my usual work or a painting. And here I come in with this photo series. I I remember thinking this has to be this has to be the work displayed. If I'm going to display anything, I need to display this. Wow, I didn't realize that. So you were coming <laughs> full throttle. <laughs> Damn, this is what needs to be on your fucking walls. Like, yep. Wow. I was like, either they're going to appreciate where I'm coming from, or they're going to be so upset with the subject that they're going to say no, and then I'm going to challenge them. Mm. <laughs> but I was like, this this has to be it. This has to be the series hung up. I cannot let my name be attached to this if it's not something I feel deeply. Right. I survived, but my friend didn't. It would be mm. the moral of me to not honor that. Right. Wow. But, so how was it? Did the shop owner like, see you hanging it up? Was there a conversation? Yeah. Like, that go? They was, they was there. They saw the photo. They loved them. Like, I'm really surprised, but they loved them. And at first, I was worried. I was like, uh, mm. like here we go. Let's see how it goes. But they saw the photos. They loved them. And they've been having conversations about the photos. So... It's been well received, and that was really surprising to me. But yeah, no, they love them. Wow. They
And the town that you're in, I mean, primarily it's all white, right? You were saying? Yes. So this yeah. is relatively new conversations or like that fact that their local coffee shop has these photos? Yeah, it's just like out here, people don't really talk about it. I was telling Rihanna the other day how you hear people go, oh, well, segregation's over. Segregation's over. Racism is over. And maybe two, three weeks ago was the first time I saw someone, I saw like black people really. And this town is still very segregated. They just don't call it that. They call it good neighborhoods and bad neighborhoods. Right. But it's, so these type of conversations aren't really talked about here. People here, they kind of just, it's kind of keep going. You probably hear the train in the background. We live by a railroad station, so the train's always like. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, no, so these type of conversations are mostly avoided mm. in like this. And um, now you have people speaking a little bit more because, you know, the election's coming up. So you see this house with this sign, this house with that sign, and you know, they're always opposite. So you see, you see a lot more people starting to really speak about these things where a lot of people, their eyes are opening up to what's going on here. And so it's like, that's, that's beautiful. It's because it wasn't always like that. So it's just kind wow. of keeps going. Yeah, and also, too, for some context of your own activism, because I know that you were arrested for protesting when you were protesting. So when was that? What year was that? That was two years ago, right? Am I right? Two years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago. It was at Kent State University. And um, that's when Caitlin... Now I remember her last name, the Kent State Gun Girl that everybody was talking about. Mm. Um, she had a group of white militia with her. And they were marching throughout the campus. And of course, other people were like, hey, we don't want that here, so we're marching. And there's, so when I got arrested, I'm staying there with my son. And there's two, there's two white males who break out into a fight together. I go, I break up the fight. Hey, we're not here to do this. The cop then grabs me and then he, he's arresting me. I'm like, hey, why are you arresting me? I didn't do anything. The cop goes, oh, bullshit, you hit me. I said, I never touched you. I never even seen you. And then they charged me with the felony. They charged me with assault on an officer. And I was just like, I didn't do anything. There's, how is this even happening? Everyone just watched this go down. Everyone just watched me get pulled and arrested. No one did anything, said anything. And I was just like, wow, what? this can't be happening. Hmm. And then I remember having to go to court. I was, in, I was in jail for the weekend. I had to come to court. And I told the judge, like, hey, I didn't do this. And the judge looks at me. He goes, he lets everyone else go, by the way. The judge let everyone else go. But the judge looks at me and he says, well, you know, I don't like these allegations. Sends me off to jail. Wow. Yeah. Luckily, I beat the, luckily the officers dropped the case because there was video evidence that. That's okay. I remember that part. Like someone had a video or a photo. Yeah. Yep. It was photos and videos that I didn't do anything that he was claiming. So the officers dropped the case. But by this time, I was already traumatized. Like, wow. But also that goes into the power of photography and videography. Like you literally could save someone's life. Who yeah. Accused. So that's like a whole other. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was two years ago. Thank God those charges were dropped. Yeah. Also the trauma of that. Now you're back in the same state, right? That was in Ohio. Now you're yep. back in Ohio. Now bringing this art to life really now with all the protests and reemerging in this time, then you also coming out. I, I want to just ask you, like, how are you keeping yourself grounded and care of yourself? Cause talk about triggers. <laughs> right. um, 
a lot. There, yeah, no, I, there's triggers every day. I recently got my name changed legally to oh. Dakota. Yeah, so legally to Dakota is my legal name now. Yeah. And I got it changed at the same court that I was being charged at. So there's that, you know, there's a win. Um, but how I'm keeping myself grounded, realistically, some days I don't know. Okay. Some days I don't know. Some days I just kind of tell myself, well, I have to. Mm-hmm. If I don't, they win. Right. And it's like, and you know, now, yeah, you know, you got Shia, who's two years old now. And, you know, so I'm like, okay, like, I have to, I have to, like, keep pushing. Mm. I have to keep pushing if I allow myself to lose it in any sort of capacity, especially with things, with the way things are happening lately, I, I don't know how things can end up. Right. So if I even see a cop, that's why usually I stay inside. Because if I see a cop, I am reminded. When I see the courthouse, I am reminded. When I'm step outside, I'm, re I'm reminded everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. And times where I just, I just don't know if I can like be as strong as I need to be. But I somehow always manage to kind of just pull myself together, do what I have to do, and then I get home. Wow. I, it's like, I don't want to traumatize myself any further. I don't want, I don't, my biggest fear is any little black kid seeing something happen to me. Mm. They go, well, if that's me when I grow up, if I grow up. Mm. So because of that, I always find a way to push through always find a way because I don't, I don't want little kids worrying about their own safety. Right. So. And that goes back to the humanitarian in you. Like you're always thinking about others. About others. You do. Uh, it's very genuine and authentic of that. You always are thinking of others and maybe as a parent too, that's a big part of the story and how you come into this world. Mm -hmm. Really, truly admire. Um, so now that you are taking care of yourself, honoring where you can show up and where you can show up right now, and that's totally you know, fair and respected as well. But I know that you are creating. I know that you're working on. Oh, a, yeah. You're always creating. Um, <laughs> you talk about the coffee club that you're making, too. I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. can you dive into all of that stuff of just now? This is the, the next manifestation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I am working on a book, and this is unlike any book I've done before. So this is going to be a book that's going to take years, but it's called They Healed Themselves. Mm, I love that name. Me too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but so in the book, I am writing pre-operation. So I'm writing before I start taking hormones. So, so pre-op, during the operation, afterwards so literally it's going to be the whole book is going to be the entire journey of how it got to where i am where i'm going how i got there etc it's going to be just all of it so, so really documenting your transition yep wow and so when this book is out i am going to look completely different wow when yeah. this when this book is finished, I'm going it's completely different, completely different. Same person, so I'm going to look different. Mm. No, so it's really, it's really strange to know, like, okay, I started this book now. And when this book is finished, probably will see me in a dress or a jumpsuit, whoever. I don't know what I'm wearing. I'm sorry. You're going, you're going to see a completely different me. Yeah. But you're going to see the actual me. The person that you always knew you were. Exactly. Wow. So are you also writing a book, too, for your own, just processing all of this? Oh, yeah. It's, so I'm writing it 
I'm writing it for number yeah, definitely like number one, like for me, like my own process of like the journey. But then also for younger people mm-hmm. who they they know themselves are trans and they have questions or they're they're afraid, you know, so they will also have this book of the entire journey. You know, like full testimony that will be of that you can be trans and you could have a great life and you could have a family and uh, you know just so inspiring that it's possible you know yeah be an artist you could be an author like you could be whatever the hell you want to be you could be whatever you want to be yeah you don't have to be what people say you are Mm. you don't have to do what people say you have to do you can be yourself when you know yourself, how you know yourself, et cetera. You know, I feel, I feel like there's so many people, especially like, especially, you know, as being trans, there are people who would say like, oh, but what about this? What about that? Well, you do this, but you do that. And it's like, yeah, that, there, there's no, there's no uniform, you know, like there's no uniform. There's no uniform of if you're trans, you have to be this. If you're a man or a woman, you have to be this. If you're gay or straight, you have to be that. There's no uniform, despite this, despite society trying to uniform you. Right. I put you in the box, but you're so much bigger than that box. So imagine if everyone knew that. I love that. And also, too, for you, because you're not, um, you know, on a certain trajectory that someone told you this is what being trans looks like. For you, what is that? North Star, like, how do you make those decisions of what's right for you or not right for you? Or what does that checklist look like or that check-in? I, for some reason, I always felt that inside I have this, like, this instinct, maybe? Mm-hmm. This instinct where if something happens or there's a question I have, the answer is right there. When something feels wrong, I can feel it feels wrong. And I'm like, no, something feels right. I'm like, yep. It's literally trusting that instinct and trusting that gut. Mm. You know, like, so because of that, I'm always able to continue to be who I am. Um, but I definitely, there's something that I struggle with. Like, I think I posted, I forgot when I posted it. <laughs> But I posted about how the gender, the gender dysphoria some days literally beats my ass. There's reading that post. Yeah, like it beats my ass. I think this is actually the longest I've ever, like the longest I've been able to see myself on the screen. I kind of avoid cameras. I avoid, so some days I avoid cameras. I like don't look at the mirror, just that because I'm aware of the change, I'm aware of what's happening, what's coming. I'm aware of how I'm feeling, why I'm feeling it. I'm so hyper aware of these things. So there's some days where I'm just like, I don't know how to handle this. And then there's just some days where it's just like, oh, you, you just do. <laughs> That's really interesting. So, well, thank you for doing that and being able to sit here and share because again i think your story is so inspiring and will really inspire so many people who are struggling with this and maybe if people aren't trans necessarily but i think so many people can resonate on just a human level of the struggle of just being themselves and needing to make choices to to honor who they are and i think that story doesn't matter who you are what you are like that is what connects us yeah i i agree i I tell a lot of my friends, I tell Rhiannon how really being authentic and being yourself is literally the biggest protest possible. I love that. Since since we are kids, we are told, think about it, we don't even pick our own names. You know, so we are told who you are, what you are, what you can do, what you can't do, who you want to be, who you don't want to be. We are told all of these things. We are told who we are. Our identities are given to us, but they're rarely discovered because we don't allow room for discovery. 
So more people really remain true to themselves or really start to dive in and think, okay, who am I really? What do I really want to do? They will find that path just kind of opens up. And it's just, just to keep going, just to keep going, just to keep going. I love that. So how do you hold space to your own discovery and, and, and finding and following that solution? Um, I think it, I think it's from, I guess, multiple avenues. Like when I, so when I was, when I was young, I remember my mom would tell me, oh, you got to do this, 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 be this, 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 this. And I was just like, ah, you know what? How about, nah. Like, you know, like, I, I just don't really feel, I don't really don't feel that. You know, so I since for some reason, there was always something in me. You know, there was always something in me that just, this is, I always question things. Mm. So even as a child, I was just like, but what if I don't like that? What if I don't want that? What if instead of doing this, I tried this? It's this, I had this just obsession with questions, I guess, like most philosophers do. <laughs> you know, I just always question everything. I'm always questioning. And I'm just always like, and like some people call it optimistic. I wouldn't call it optimistic questioning, but it's just basic questioning. Like, what if this makes me happier? Mm. What if this aligns more with me than what this person is saying? Right. So it's through these questions that I find this sense of self and grounding of self, that moment of reflection. And that's a really interesting point because I, like, I'm 35 and I, I hear a lot of people now in their 30s of like, yeah, I was able to do that when I was in my 20s, when I was maybe in college or finding my way and it wasn't a big deal if I messed up or if I took a wrong turn. But now, and I can even say for myself, you put, we put a lot of pressure to start getting in the 30s and more of, well, I can't screw up. You know, maybe people, I'm not a but like people who are a parent, who have a partner and they need to make their money and they kind of like, they put themselves back into a really tight confinement of like, you don't have time to discover. You can't take risk. You can't. You are who you are. And you got to keep moving forward. So, right. What would you say to those people who are like in that place? Uh, first of all, I'll tell them like, you know, like, don't worry about things. Don't worry about the time. You know, I feel like we put so much pressure, as you said, so much pressure on ourselves when it comes to like certain ages. Like, when I was little, I thought by the time I was like 25, like <laughs> life was going to be done. I thought I was going to have the, the biggest house and a car and a career. And it's like, no, but it's that these are what we're told. And I think it's because our parents lived in a certain time where that right. was the reality, but they didn't remember that that was their reality. They started putting it on everyone else. So we start mm -hmm. thinking and adopting it as our reality. So people feel that if they're not married by 23, you know, they're going to die alone. They right. think, we think like, oh, by this age, we need to do this and we need to do that. And this is like, no, you don't need to do anything outside of what you're doing. That, that's <laughs> it. There, you don't have to do this or figure, you don't have to figure everything out. I feel like, we always try to, we always want to figure everything out, have everything figured out. We want everything to be concrete and set in stone because it makes it easier, but right. no. Just discover, discover new shit. Try something new. That, I'm always challenging myself to try something new. You know, like, I'm always like, okay, I've been doing this, but am I doing this out of enjoyment or if I'm doing it out of repetition? Am I doing it because of programming? And I always just try different things. I try even, it could be big, it could be small. Like a small thing I'm doing that feels big to me is I'm reading two books at one time. Never done that in my life. Like, I, I always, I read one book at a time, but this is the first time I'm reading two books and a chapter a day. Never done that. But it's me trying something new and I enjoy it. And that's really tangible. 
easy to implement. But again, it's, it's allowing yourself to deprogram that this is the only time or the only trajectory of like just doing a little challenge by reading two books at this time, a chapter a night. I love that. Yeah, even, even a big thing was yesterday, or so two days ago, I've always had this dream film camera, all right? Like always. And I've never seen one in person, never held it, never used it, but I was just like, oh, this, this is it. Mm. You know, I feel like this is it. Two days ago, we was at the camp, we was at Campus Camera, which is a shop we always go to here. And they had them, they had the camera. And I looked at it and I went, can I hold that? And I held it. And they was just like, oh my God, you need this camera. This, you need this. And I was like, I've always wanted this camera. Yesterday, I took all of my digital equipment, all of, all of my digital equipment, I traded it in, and now I have the camera. You do? I, I have the camera. I have it right here in my bag. This is the Mamiya RB67 Pro. Wow. What a gorgeous camera. Right? I traded all my digital equipment for it. And that was me trying something new. I just, I just trusted that gut instinct. Just wow. Trust Sometimes that's all it takes. Trying something new, and you never know, you might like it. You might like it, and if you don't like it, it's okay. You could try something else. But you got to keep trying, because once you stop trying, then really, what is the point of anything? I love that. And I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier of like the fear of thinking that you're going to fail, you won't be loved anymore, and you're going to lose it all. It's like any way that you, it sounds like a muscle and a skill. Training yourself to just try something a little bit, little bit, little bit, build up the courage. Yes. Even when you are in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, and beyond, it's just, this is part of being human, then, to keep always evolving and growing. Exactly. My mom, she worked in banking, I believe, most of my childhood. She worked in mostly banking. Um, a few years ago, I want to say maybe four years ago, she published her first book. She's been talking about it my, oh. my entire life. She's been talking about it. One day I want to write a book. One day I want to write a book. I published my book and she was like, oh my God, you did this. And I was like, it's your turn. You, you can do this. It is it's this simple. I will show you how to do this. I saw you how to do that. I showed her. She published her book. She's, at this point, she's well off into her career and this and that, but she tried it. She took that step. And from there, she's just like, wait a minute, I did this. What else am I capable of? And she's obviously well into her 40s, almost 50. That's she, really could be, she could be in her 50s. That's I'm really not sure. <laughs> but she could be in her 50s, but she still is trying all these things. And I that's one thing I, I, I never want to stop trying new things. I never want to stop being fascinated with the things you discover, ever. Curiosity. 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 I love that. So in the meantime now, uh, writing the book, I know you have the art show up, um, you have your coffee club out, right? And then, yeah. can you talk a little bit about that before we end today? Because I think that's just, again, another beautiful step that you're taking to support others. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I started the Trans Girl Coffee Club. And I, I started this because there's not many representation, especially trans representation, in the coffee scene. In the coffee community, it's very, you know, straight, white, tattooed guy with a beard or a mustache. You know, like, it's very, it's very specific. There's not many representation. So I wanted to really take that step to go, hey, we exist. We matter. We are just as good, if not better. You know, like, I just really wanted to create something that felt safe. Mm. Felt safe in a place where trans people could be seen. Where it's like, hey, we, we, we exist. Mm. Like, we 
want you to put us in a bag where like the coffee community is not just this image you've been given. Right. It's, it's all these it's all these people. And we aren't those people. So I want to create that to really just create that representation. Like That's to work even after I'm even after I'm gone, there's still people fighting for that representation. Like they had that representation. Like a lot of things I plan to do or want to do, I do not plan on seeing the end result. I don't plan on seeing it into fruition or into action. I plan on these things happening after I'm gone. I'm just here to build I'm just here to build the house, not live in it. You know? Very rich philosophy, but that's that's kind of the essence of my being. You feel like you're here to build it, to put it together so that the next generation can even be that step further of yes. whatever they want and, and, and living yeah. and existing, just existing. Yep. Love and compassion and not, you know, exactly. space that most trans people, people of color, people live. Yes. That, again, going back to your bravery and you just humanitarian, <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, so how can we support your work right now? If we're not in Ohio at the coffee shop being able to buy the art, where can we support you? Um, I do have books on Amazon, but don't go on Amazon. Okay. <laughs> I have the same books on Barnes and Noble. You can go there. Um, I am selling prints. I'm selling eight by 10 prints cool. of the series. So I'm selling eight by 10 prints of the series. I am signing them. I am numbering them. I'm shipping them myself. Um, I, from that, I usually do either PayPal or Cash App. Been okay. hacking up on me lately. So I do Cash App or PayPal. Cool. And yeah, that's a, that's a cool way to support. Um, I think that's, Oh yeah, fresh fruit coffee. Listen to fresh fruit coffee. Like that's, that's a good way. To, I have a podcast. <laughs> so yeah, listen to fresh fruit coffee. Buy a book. Buy a print. And where can we find all those links? Is that in your bio? Yep. In okay. my bio, I have a link tree. Beautiful. It just has all all of my stuff there. I love it. Thank you for being here. Wow. For real. Like, thank you for being you. I try. <laughs> You're doing it. You're doing the work. You are coming into the, like this next evolution of who you are. And again, it, it, the pattern that you have that is so beautiful is like, you take that big step and that big leap so that other generations can live with a little bit more grace and ease and just <sighs> coming into who they are. Yes. So that's beautiful. That's I mean, again, when I said, I'm not kidding, guys. When I said, <laughs> brave human, Dakota Space, pops up. And then we can't wait for the book. Oh, man. Same. Uh, wow. How long I cry when I'm Right. Huh? How long do you think, I mean, like, obviously, you're documenting your transition. But what is the trajectory of that timeline? What do you mean? Like, how long do you think the transition will be? Is it like a year, two years, five years? Um, I'm, I'm hoping somewhere between three and four. They say maximum effect is five. Oh, wow. Um, so this is going to be a book. I'm sorry, I cry when I think about the book. I cry when I start typing the words of the book. I'm going to cry when I read the book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm hoping to keep it no more than 400 pages because I do not like books outside of 400 pages. Got it. It's crazy. So I'm trying to keep it within 400 pages, but then also allowing the work to just be the work. Not overworking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to put myself in a box. Yeah. Wow. i genuinely so excited. I see that you are starting document a little bit of writing the book and stuff like that so we can really be on the journey with you yes. for you and to send you good vibes and love and support your work in the interim of this 
not just uh, writing a book, but it's truly like you're genuinely transforming your life. Yeah. Like as you're writing this book. Yeah. Incredible. It's, it's so insane. Every time I think about it, every time I'm like, every time I'm, like, I'm writing and I'm like, wow, this is, this is only part one. There's three different parts. I can only write up to part two. Right. And when I write part two, this version of me no longer exists. I am, I am going to meet myself. Like, yeah. Wow. I, so I'm so excited and nervous and anxious and just, but ready above all. What's the next step for you right now? What are you like for your own self? Um, hormone therapy. Okay. I'm starting hormone therapy. I should be starting it in a few weeks, actually. Wow. Good for, is that like a congratulations? Like, I feel like that's oh. like hard, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm so ready. I am so ready. Wow. Two weeks. Well, I'll be thinking of you, sending you all the love while you embark on that first you know, first day of it and throughout all the years and all the days. Um, so anyone listening, follow Dakota on Instagram, link in bio with all the good things. I'll, when I upload this to iTunes, I'll put the link. And then when I share it on Instagram, I'll tag you. But go support by their other books, pieces of art, anything that you could do, listen to the podcast. Um, this is well, why I named the podcast, this podcast with Brave Company, I want it to be documenting these stories of people just being their true selves and being brave, creative voices, and that you have this company of people around you to support your work. Um, so uh, thank you again for sharing your story here. Thank I really you. Thank it. you for the part two. Yeah, I know. I remember <laughs> part one, like, ooh, we're going to have to do a part two. And it was in divine timing that we did it this way. Right. It was, it was right on time without even trying to. We okay. didn't have, know when it was going to happen, but we knew it was going to happen. Right. Together. And it happened. It happened. And it happened. And it happened. Literally, if it was anyone, I even told Rihanna, if it was anyone else, I'd be like, ah, oh, no. Oh. But like, it's you. And I'm that, not going to say no to you. Like, it's you. That means a lot. Like, I I really deeply um, appreciate you sharing because this is a personal, you know, transition. How you're showing up, and I don't take that lightly. So I genuinely thank you again 